we are now the sending church for Calvin and Mindy Hauser. And I know for a lot of people, they're probably wondering, what does that mean? What does that look like? And uh, this new partnership and just it's a great opportunity for us. And we love Calvin and Mindy. So we're going to be doing a Bible study uh, interaction tonight with these guys and or with Calvin being able to talk about what they're doing, uh, where they're at, how they got there, our role that we play in that, what the future looks like. So a lot of cool stuff. And so we're excited. We'll go ahead and pray and then we'll jump right into this. God, we're just asking that you will bless our time. We're so excited, Lord, for this theme that we're talking about of this being our mission. And Lord, it's not just a mission. It's not just the church's mission. Lord, it's our mission. Lord, I pray that you just help us even as we talk tonight to understand what is the role that we play? What do you want to do, Lord? What are you doing, Lord, in our personal lives, not just in the church? And Lord, I pray that you help us to be a blessing to Calvin and Mindy and their family. And we're so, so, so thankful, Lord, to have them as part of our mission team, mission family, our church family. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing through them. Bless our evening, our conversations, and all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. So, cool. Calvin, can you hear us? Yes. Yep. So, Hello, everybody there at Fellowship. So, Calvin is 9,000 9, miles away. Yes, just a little ways. Seven o'clock in the morning uh, in the Philippines right now. And so uh, Kelvin was on a uh, drive yesterday. He drove for six hours in like downpour rain. And so I know he was exhausted. And uh, so he got to bed last night. And so we get to engage today and talk through things. So, uh, but last Sunday we announced uh, about Calvin and Mindy coming in to be part of our church family and uh, Pastor Dave said that he, I, I was watching online the way that he said it, it was like, as far as we know, this might be one of the first official times that we have a missionary that's going to be in our church that's going to be uh, one of our sent missionaries. So we want to talk about what that is, what that looks like, and all those kind of things. So Kevin, I thought that we would start off by just talking about our relationship, our history, when I say our, me and yours, uh, but also uh, Calvin with Fellowship Baptist. So um, it was kind of cool. Do you remember the first time we met? Wow. Well, you blanked ago. on that. That hurts my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Your I think it was there. I think it was there at the church. It yeah. was. Uh, so yeah. somebody recommended you uh, to us and was like, man, we've got this great missionary. You guys should pull him in and things like that. So I didn't know. And uh, I think it was Wally Williams that was telling me because uh, when I took over being the president of BEMA, uh, Calvin and Mindy were the newest recruits as being part of the BEMA family. And so uh, you were the first one that I interacted with when it came to me being the BEMA president and stuff like that. Yeah. So you were recommended to us. And then I remember when, if you remember this, I was having a board meeting for BEMA. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know the missionary side. What does that look like? And I said, man, we've got this brand new guy uh, that just went through the process. It's part of our mission family now. And uh, I remember inviting you to come in and be part of the BEMA. You're probably thinking, what in the world did I just get into? You know, it's like, I signed up for this, now I'm part of a board meeting and things. But that was a great conversation to have you kind of bring to the table what it was like for a missionary to be part of BEMA and what you were doing and going through and stuff like that. Then we started doing mission trips together after we brought you in on our mission family. We brought you in for our missions conference. You guys became part of our missions family. And then... Uh, did you see the picture on Sunday? Did you watch the service? Yeah, okay. yes, I did. Yeah, lots There's of good memories there. There's a picture that <laughs> is me with Calvin and everybody. And in the background, I don't know if you noticed, I'm like looked almost disgusted. Did you guys see that picture? Did anybody <laughs> notice that picture? It looked like I was mad. Uh, I was not mad. There was, I was good reason for out. that. Do you remember what that picture was, <laughs> Calvin? Yeah, we were eating the famous Filipino delicacy, balut. Can you explain which is what a, that is? Uh, it's a partially fertilized duck egg, and yeah. so if you can imagine what that must be like, uh, maybe uh, about 30 days later, and what's inside that egg. So just use your imagination. We won't go into, you might, you might not have had dinner yet, so I don't want to spoil now, your dinner. No, I'm just going to explain it since you won't. So uh, <laughs> inside it, it literally has feathers, cartilage, beak. It's just not hard <laughs> enough to be full of developed, so they're like crunching through 
So Still yes, edible. I was disgusted. It was gross. <laughs> it was terrible. Things like that. So, oh my. Uh, and then our second mission trip uh, is when we went and did vacation Bible school. Uh, in a lot of the pictures, you guys probably saw the Dark Wars T-shirt. That was awesome. It was epic. So I'm we, still wearing the shirts. I'm yes. still wearing them to this day. It's my favorite shirt ever. So, so that was that was great fun. We got to partner with them, and and uh, our family did it with your family uh, for vacation Bible school, and we brought a bunch of other families with us. So it was it was an incredible thing. But I, I think the thing is uh, through all these adventures that we've done, and every time you come to the states, we'd hang out and stuff. That God really was uniting our hearts together, and so we we were like minded had a lot of the same vision, had a big burdens. And, and I, I've often said, I said, if, if Calvin was a guy that was still living in the States, he would be a guy that would be perfect fit for being on our staff. I just had that kind of connection with him. And so uh, this led to uh, some recent conversations towards the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, um, about us saying, hey, I think it'd be a great fit for us to come alongside of each other and, you know, partner with each other in Fellowship B, our sending church. So um, we started those, having those conversations, and it was awesome. Um, I, I really felt like God was lining things up. So some of you might have remembered we did a service in Fellowship Hall, and we were just talking about the vision in the future. And I said, one of the big things that's on my heart that I want to do is I want to be a church that sends people out. I want to be a church that sends people out. It was like the next day, or no, 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 it was that night. It was on that Sunday night that me and you had a call scheduled, and we began to talk about this, and I was like, man, I, did, I didn't even put it together <laughs> that I just said that to the church, and then like hours later, we were having that conversation, so it's pretty cool. So, but anyways, we're going to explain a little more as we go through this what that means to be that, but I want us, if we're going to be, um, this is going to be part of their church family, their church home. It's no longer just the idea that Calvin and Mindy are missionaries that we support, but this is their home. Uh, so I want to get to know these guys. So we're going to ask them questions, and I want to hear some of the uh, details about you guys. So uh, I'm going to start with you and Mindy. How did you guys meet? Sure, yeah. I'll get into that here in a minute, but I wanted to redeem myself. So the way that I met you was over coffee, which is essential to life, by the oh, way. Yeah. I, think, I think we first got to know each other at Starbucks. I think okay, that was that our would first sit down. Yeah, yeah that, over coffee. knowing you, that makes sense. Okay. So, <laughs> and in regards to my wonderful wife, Mindy, and I wish she could be here on the call, but it's early in the morning here, so we wouldn't want to do that to her. But um, I actually met her long before I ever fell in love with coffee. So I fell in love with Mindy before oh, I fell in love with in coffee. Order. Yes, yes. And so uh, they're not equally important by any means. But um, I met Mindy at Bible College. Uh, we were in Tennessee at a college there, and we were able to get to know each other. Um, it turns out we were actually from the uh, same general area of Ohio. We're from the Ashland-Mansfield area. And uh, Mindy's dad had been a pastor there. And I was familiar with their church, and I knew of Mindy, but I didn't really know her. And uh, our sophomore year at Crown College of the Bible there in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, we got to know each other and uh, fell in love, came back to Ohio. We were able to date here and uh, get to know each other. And we actually returned then to college as married students um, later on uh, the next year. So, um, yeah, that's how we met. And it's been an awesome journey uh, of uh, growing in the Lord and growing in love over the years. So. So God bless you guys with some amazing uh, kids. I've been able to hang out with them and uh, work with them on the mission field. I'd love for you to talk through your kids, tell us all about your blessings of your children. Yeah, so our kids are all very, very different. And I guess to describe them all in depth would take a while, but maybe I can try to sum them up. Um, Blaine is 11 and he is, uh, he is our reader he loves reading things like Lord of the Rings or Chronicles of Narnia, and he's he's read. If you've ever seen those novels, Lord of the Rings, they're they're huge. He's read them like two or three times already. So wow. that's Blaine. He loves to read. He's very introspective. Um, Esther, our second daughter, uh, is ten. She came into our family by way of adoption about uh, four years ago now, and uh, she's she is the life of the party in our family. She's the energy. She keeps everybody excited and moving forward. Um, she's just awesome. 
And uh, Adeline is our third, and she is seven right now. And she is the, in the Filipino culture, she's the princess. So she's the little, the little girl of the family. And uh, she tends to have me wrapped around her finger and things like that. So that's Adeline, uh, very sweet and kind. She loves animals, loves kittens. Um, Carson is our youngest. He's five. And he is the bruiser. He's the, he's the bully at times. He likes to beat up on his older siblings. So, hey, we're, we're just a typical family. And uh, we have a house full. So four kids under age 11. That's so. awesome. Uh, that whole experience of you guys adopting while you were on the mission field was pretty cool. Uh, Esther is from the Congo. And uh, she is honestly one of the sweetest girls I've ever met. Uh, one of our, our team's favorite things of going to see you guys is just being around her. She's so sweet. And uh, we're just so thankful for you guys and your family. And watching you guys serve together over there has just been incredible. Um, let me ask, what do you guys do for fun? What would you guys, I mean, like when you're not serving and, and going out and do all the ministry stuff, what's a, what's a fun day or fun activity for you guys as a family? Yeah, we really just love being together. Life over here is pretty busy, and with uh, living in one of the largest cities in the world, uh, when, when I, as the dad, goes out and I'm doing any kind of errands, that can just consume a whole day very easily, trying to just get a few things done. Uh, my wife is an online teacher right now, and so fun is when we're just together as a family, and especially over the past few days even, we were able to go out and uh, see some of the countryside here in the Philippines. It was our kids' week off school, like a semestral break. And so just being able to see God's creation and kind of get out of the city. And uh, uh, we just love relaxing and enjoying the Philippines together. So we have lots of great things to do here. Um, as far people even come here for vacations and things. But uh, we living in the metropolis here in Metro Manila doing ministry here, it's always a breath of fresh air uh, literally and figuratively, to get out of the city. Uh, we love it here, but it's great. I grew up in the countryside there in Ohio. I'm a farm boy. And so getting out of the city is always therapeutic for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so getting into you guys' role when it comes into missions, uh, you guys started off on staff in a church, and then God put it on your heart. And I know a lot of our church family has heard some of that, but I'd love to revisit that. Just like what, what made you guys like uproot and go to the Philippines? I mean, that was such a major decision for you guys. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, I'll try to make a long story short with that. I guess if we could trace it back to the beginning of all that, that was uh, maybe when I was eight years old that God began to work in my heart. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but I guess uh, Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. He also reminded him that that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures and um, reminded Timothy of his legacy and his life. And so I think that even Timothy had a, a calling when he was young, and I really felt that at a young age. Um, I didn't feel specifically called to missions, but I felt called to be a pastor. I felt called to minister to people and to, and to serve God with my life. Uh, Mindy, growing up in a pastor's home, uh, felt that burden early on that maybe uh, God would allow her to marry uh, someone in ministry and serve with him. And uh, I would say that growing up in church and knowing what the Bible says about missions and about serving in the church, all those things were were real to me. But wait, what, what made it more real over the years through elementary and high school and even into college were people that God put in my life. And they were really strategic for those certain times in my life. It was the people who kind of pulled me back into the center of God's will, so to speak, who reminded me of maybe what I had committed to early on as a child. And um, I'm so thankful for good influences and mentors and people that kind of coached me uh, through life. And so when it came to uh, God opening our hearts about missions, God did the exact same thing by bringing different missionaries into our life who encouraged us and said, hey, have you ever considered this? And uh, we had some people that just spoke very directly to us that I think that you guys should consider uh, going into full-time missions as we were, we were already in full-time ministry. Uh, but to be honest with you, I was very content. I wasn't looking for something else or looking to move 9,000 miles away. 
And so it's just amazing how God uses his word. He uses people. And so I guess as I sum this up, uh, never discount um, the things that people say to you and, and the way that it confirms God's word. Mm. And so when the door opened to come to the Philippines, when we, when we met some uh, missionaries to here in the Philippines, we heard about the great need. We knew this was a, a strategic part of Southeast Asia to, to reach the larger parts of Asia that are more closed to the gospel. Um, we, we were willing to jump in with both feet, but that wasn't just automatic. That was God's preparation over the years. That's awesome. That kind of went into the second question. I was going to actually ask you why the Philippines, but um, sure, yeah. I, I mean, because I'm nine thousand miles away. I mean, it's it's a huge change for you guys. Uh, sure. Was it was it a mission trip? Was it an individual person? Did somebody come and share the work from the uh, Philippines? Yeah, so we met actually another BEMA missionary, uh, Carl Gormley, Carl and Michelle Gormley. We met them. We got acquainted with them through a friend of ours who was serving in China. And uh, the missionary that was in China, they had to, they had, had to come off the field due to some sickness. And um, she, the wife, Amanda, was actually had been diagnosed with cancer at the time. And so as Mindy, my wife, was talking to her as she was literally in her hospital bed, um, my wife had called Amanda, and Amanda began to encourage uh, Mindy, my wife, about uh, the mission field, and we had just begun to start to pray about it seriously. And through that connection, uh, Amanda was mutual friends with the Gormleys, and, and God kind of brought it all together uh, where we were able to meet them actually um, in Ohio while they were on furlough. God worked out the timing perfectly to meet the Gormleys and be introduced to the opportunities in the Philippines. Um, the Philippines has always attracted missionaries, um, not always to do ministry just in the Philippines, but to equip and train Filipinos to go out. And Filipinos have uh, entered into so many different parts of the world as missionaries. And so like places like Korea that maybe sometimes we don't even realize, but South Korea is a major mission sender. There are many sending churches uh, in Asia. And so um, as you all are becoming our sending church, uh, part of our desire as a local church here in the Philippines, as I pastor and lead the City Baptist Church here, one of our desires is to also send people out. And so it's this, it's this ripple effect, this, this continuum of sending. And we see a great white harvest here, uh, not only in the Philippines, but all around Asia over here. And so that's our, that's our prayer for the Philippines, for ministry here to raise up more leaders, plant more churches. And thankfully, over the past six years, we've been able to be involved in a lot of that. And so we're, we're excited to keep it going. While you're on that, go ahead. Tell us a, lot, a little bit about that. If you were here Sunday, uh, Calvin had, I think you had like a five-minute video that was part of the service, and he kind of alluded. But I'd love just to kind of run through um, the church plant and, and how God's expanded. I mean, because God's doing a lot right yeah. now, and even in the middle of COVID. Um, so, you, you, you guys are City Baptist Church. You guys are branching out. You've got community involvement. Tell us, you know, briefly about some of those things that you guys are doing right now. Yeah, so um, I guess 2020 took us all by surprise, like it did everybody. Um, we were rolling into 2020 with a lot of energy. I would say those in 2019, especially coming into the end of the year, those were high days at our church. We even came into 2020 with a, a conference that we did to, we called it Refresh. We had different pastors and missionaries in our church to influence them and encourage them. And uh, so we had high attendances going into the pandemic. And then, of course, as you know, and some of you guys may have realized that our lockdown or our quarantine here in the Philippines has far extended uh, most countries around the world. And so we went into this uh, now, uh, up until now, eight months later, uh, lockdown. And so looking at the future back in like March, it seemed very bleak as to what God could do or would do. And uh, we began just to respond to immediate needs. We had people all around us that were, that were asking for help. We knew of uh, the majority of people that, especially in the more depressed areas of our community, were without work, uh, just because businesses had been closed and um, different people who had different uh, daily labor type jobs were out of work. And so we began to pray and try to raise money to provide relief goods. 
And that turned into a, a huge, really a large-scale relief ministry from March all the way until now. So eight months later, we're still bringing relief into a certain community. When we first started, we were kind of spread out uh, to anybody who would need it. So we had people contacting us from two, three hours away. Wow. We were even sending, we were sending some relief by courier or delivery. Uh, so this would be like rice, canned goods, just basic things that, to be honest, most Americans would take for granted. We're talking about cans of sardines or tuna and uh, bags of rice, just basic stuff that they uh, needed to stay alive during the quarantine time. And so as the months went on, in about April and May, we began to really kind of narrow down toward a specific area. Uh, it's called Amparo. And so the relief concentrated on that area, partly because of funding was getting thinner, and we needed to kind of zone in on where we thought we could, I guess, reap the greatest harvest close to home. And so this area is about 25 minutes from our existing church plant or our building now. And so through these months, we've been able to start uh, like small services where we, if you're familiar, you guys have a WANA there at Fellowship. Mm -hmm. So we do a large group and a small group time uh, with the people. And we run three different services there right now. This is all paired with the relief giving. And you might say, well, they're just coming to uh, get the relief goods. And at this point, we have people who actually come and they, they actually have turned away relief goods. And they said, I don't need it. It's, they need it more than I do. I just want to come hear the word wow. of God. That's awesome. so it's been super encouraging. And so the foundations are being laid for our second church plant right now. Another really bright spot for us is the uh, formation of a Bible Institute right now that will be fully online. And so COVID turned this into a necessity. And so we're right now partnering with about 10 different pastors uh, to record audio lectures and to set something up that everybody could use at any time of the day. They can listen to it as an MP3 format to get Bible training. And thank God this is not only just reaching the Philippines, even right now, we have several people in places like Saudi Arabia, um, in Middle Eastern countries that are Filipinos that are working there who want further training to advance the gospel in those places. And so we have several connections with people right now that are hungry for this. And so pray for us as we put this together and, hmm. and we launch it by February of 2021. That's awesome, man. So. Yeah, definitely. If anybody follows you on Facebook, they, they know all the things that you guys have been doing. It's really exciting because... COVID put a stop to some things you were doing, but then opened up major doors for you guys to just love on your community. And for us to think about like rice and beans, we would be like, you know, <laughs> that, that would be living rough for us. But I mean, that is, that, that, to get a bag of that put on their door is huge. <laughs> and uh, you guys have just had the opportunity to really reach out to them in that way. Um, just think about like pulling it into us being ascending church and I think it's so important for us as a church to understand what that means. Because I think it's, it's you know that the Bible talks about give and it shall be given unto you. What is the first thing we think of when we think of that? Is money. I mean, it's like give and it shall be given unto you. So any missions, tithing, all that other stuff, give and it shall be given unto you. But the Bible doesn't necessarily just spell out money. It's, it's, it's a principle. The idea that God blesses us with people and God commands us to, to, to send them out. It's the way that God created to be, to, to raise up people within the church, to send them out to be missionaries, church planters, evangelists, moms and dads, I mean, and, on every level of that. And so I think it's important for us to understand the importance of sending, of us taking the resources. Uh, Jesus was speaking in Luke twelve forty eight, and he said, too much is given, much shall be required. You know, God's given us so much as a church, when you think about it, and it is our vision, our goal, especially, I think COVID has been that season just to shake us up. We, we don't need to be measuring success by how many people come and sit in the pews, but how many people leave the pews to go into the world to serve. That's, we need to rearrange it because with Jesus, at the end of the Great Commission, when he was giving, or at the end of his life before he ended up in heaven, he gave the Great Commission. He said, go. That was it. And so Romans 10, 14 is another verse you're going to see almost every time there's a missions conference. And it says, um, 
It says, how shall they call on him whom they not believe? And how shall they believe on him whom they not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Which is uh, evangelists and pastors and things like that. But how shall they preach except they be sent? So you got to think the practical aspect of it is, is the fact that that is our goal is to send. That, I mean, we're taking that straight out. And if you guys know this passage, if you were to go in reverse, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, you're talking about the salvation, the gospel, the Romans wrote. But part of that was literally, hey, I'm glad you have it, but what are you going to do with it? Send people out to other places. And that's what Calvin and many are doing. But God allows us to bring into our church family people that are able to go out of our church family, but then they're able to tap into the resources, the prayer, the, the family aspect of what we have to have that support to do that. Because let me tell you, Calvin and Mindy would say what they're doing is not easy. It's not easy. I'm not saying that they're martyrs, you know, because of the fact is that they're over there, they're miserable, they're very happy doing what they're doing. But at the same time, going to family reunions and having a kid's birthday party and all that other stuff, I mean, it's, it's complicated. Because in fact, grandma's not just coming over, you know what I'm saying? Just sending them a package is, is a big deal. A lot of those things. So it's a matter of, when you send them, it's a matter of having the support. So I, I, me and Calvin are going to do a Bible study with you guys for some of the time that we have left. So take your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to do, uh, you're going to get two preachers tonight, okay? So you've got one uh, 9,000 miles away and one 90 feet away. So uh, you're, you're going to get both, both connections uh, with us. So uh, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, and he's responding to the church that was supporting him as a missionary. And I was reading this just a couple weeks ago, preparing for something else, and I came across this, and man, I was just highlighting it like crazy. This is so cool. And so he starts talking about the practical involvement of what this church had with him. And, and so he says, but in verse 10, Philippians 4.10, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that how the last care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. And he, he said, he's talking about, he said, during that time, for some reason, the, the support was cut off. There was a separation. I don't know if that's what you got out of that too, Calvin. There was, a, there was kind of a separation. And he said, I know you guys didn't do it because you didn't want to. But he said, I just know that there was a separation. You weren't able to support me like you were before. They didn't have email and Instagram and, you know, uh, UPS and all the other things that we can do to sin. So it was a little more complicated. So Paul testifies how God took care of him. Not that I speak of respect of want, for I have learned that whatsoever state I am, there to be content. For I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, and both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, Calvin, I can probably estimate that you guys have had times that the funding didn't come in for what you guys have needed for projects or maybe even your personal needs. And that's one of those things that I don't know if everybody fully understands. You've got your regular support, but then sometimes applying for passports, medical. I know you guys have experienced medical things in the past. And you experience that, and, and it's not like somebody just randomly sends you a, a bonus check of 20 grand and saying, hey, just in case you had medical problems. But they end up carrying those burdens but I guarantee you, Calvin would testify to say that God's always provided. Uh, I know you have testimony of things like that, how God is always. And then he, he said, and this verse is often taken out of context. People, football players, I could do anything with Christ, you know, which, which is true. Don't get me wrong. But in context, I don't care what I face. And it doesn't matter if the churches aren't able to send me and do what I can. I know that I can do all things because it's Christ that strengthens me. Uh, but then he communicates this uh, in, in verse 14, notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, the word communicate is a business term, means to partner with. Now, now Calvin can tell you the blessing. Calvin, could you, do the, could you do what you do without partners? There's no way. No, no way. way. It's like a, the, the idea of a business is such a good concept. You know, business partners rely on each other. Yeah. They move forward together. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. And that's what he said. He said, you've well done. Paul was testifying saying, you guys have no idea 
how big of a blessing this was that you guys have done this. He said that you've uh, communicated with me or you've come alongside of me like this and I wasn't alone. He said in verse 15, now ye Philippians know also that the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving. Paul was testifying of the support and encouragement that he had. He was giving and receiving. It went both ways. He said, I, I can't, I can't begin to tell you what this meant to me. In verse 16, for even Thessalonica, he sent once and again unto my necessity. Um, Calvin, tell me, what, what is it like for you guys on the opposite end to be praying 9,000 miles away and to get, and I, I know the financial um, thing is a big deal and stuff like that. I mean, if you have a great sure. need, your car's broke down and you get that check or whatever, but it goes far beyond the financial. Yeah. It, it's, it's the friendships. It's the, you know, and I know we, we, we say pray for missionaries, but to, to respond to a missionary and say, hey, God put you on my heart. Because guys, these, these are more than just uh, prayer cards. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they're more than just mission letters. They're people that have sick kids. They're, they're people that are discouraged. I mean, you can imagine you get discouraged at your job. I promise you, the, these guys get discouraged at their job. And Paul was saying to a specific church, the church in Philippi, you made a difference with me because you responded to the need that I have. And Paul reiterates this in a lot of times. He says, not because I desire a gift, but a desire of fruit that may abound to your account. You know, Calvin, not to, not to uh, pull from your blessings, but your blessings are our blessings. You know what I'm saying? True. It's, yeah. it's as, as we send, Paul was literally saying in that, he said, I desire fruit that it may abound to your account. As we get behind missionaries, God was literally saying that that is the, it's still part of the business thing that he was talking about, you know, when he was saying that. He was like, he's saying, as you invest in me, it equips me to invest in others. As you help me emotionally, it helps me to keep going in the ministry. And, and that's what he was saying. He said, the fruit is the product or the blessing, but it, is account, it goes to your account, or it's like a business transaction. It's you have the credit going back to your blessings in your life. And uh, these blessings went both ways. Uh, it says, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received Varophius, the things which you sent unto you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Calvin, testify for a minute. Just um, yeah. has, has there been times that the right thing has come at the right time just oh, yeah. to... Yeah, yeah. I would say that, you know, I love, I love the, how Paul mentions Epaphroditus there in verse 18 because uh, the testimony of Epaphroditus is back in chapter 3. I'm going to detour from our notes a little bit, Pastor Tony. Yeah, you're fine. I want let's you go to... to no, actually, chapter 2, verse 25. This is when Epaphroditus came. And so... I have in my notes here in my Bible, Epaphroditus, he was the sender that showed up. Uh, he, was a, he was part of this sending church or this church that was behind uh, Paul. And they sent him with a gift to the jail cell where Paul was. If you can imagine, Paul wasn't just an ordinary missionary, maybe struggling with language and culture and trying to fit in in a place that wasn't home. But he was literally in a jail cell. And so they saw, saw it as a necessity to send Epaphroditus. And I love the way that they describe him because it really, it relates to me. This passage has always spoken to me. I can, I can relate to Paul on many levels in the book of Philippians, but what he says about Epaphroditus resonates with me uh, as to what Paul really needed and what it meant to him. And so look at verse 25 of chapter 2. He said, Yet I suppose it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. So notice that fourth part, he that ministered to my wants. You could think maybe that's the finances. He brought mm. that gift financially. But before he ever mentions that, it was that brotherhood, that uh, coming alongside as a fellow soldier, that companion in ministry. And I think that um, Paul, knowing how to be abased and abound, as he mentioned, 
this was so valuable to him, and the the emotional support and the companionship and friendship far outweighed the finances with the church yeah. at Philippi. And and the fruits the fruits were the were the ultimate benefit. And and I guess Paul's trying to get their focus away from the money, away from the finances to the fruits, so that they can see that this isn't just about money. This is about harvest fruits to have a part in the harvest around the world and money is going to pass away and money given is just temporal right but the souls of men will last for all of eternity and so that's the that's the beauty of the partnership that we get to have that we're we're laying up treasures in heaven uh we're we're investing in this harvest of souls around the world people that need to know the gospel and so I love the attitude here. I love I love the heart of Paul. I love his encouragement, and I can relate. And I would say that uh, for us, what encourages us is just the the moral support, the prayer support, the emotional support. And I guess, in a sense, um, one of the reasons we desire to partner with you guys is because you've already provided that in so many ways. And so, if I could say anything to fellowship, just keep doing in a large part what you've already been doing. And uh, that's a big support to us, uh, the encouragement that you've been providing and the relationship. We love that. And so I can, I can relate to Paul here. And um, this is a great passage to kind of sum up what this relationship should be like. That's awesome. I think if you, you talk about him showing up, having these gifts and things like that. But on the other side of that, there was a church that had a meeting that said, hey, we know Paul needs encouragement. He's, how many of you have been blessed by Paul? You know, I mean, there was a real service that happened like that. And then for him to raise his hand and say, hey, if we get some things together, I'll be the guy to go. And then they start gathering the financial, the encouragement, maybe his favorite foods. I don't know. I mean, whatever <laughs> these things that he was describing in this passage. And then they did that. But there was a conscious church that took ownership to this ministry and said, we will be the ones that has your back. Calvin, what would you say, talking to all of us here and online, what would you say is something that is in the practical sense that has been done or that people can do that is that encouragement to you? And obviously there might not be just us sending one dude or lady over to knock on your door sure. and say, here's some cookies in from a way fellowship, that been, which that yeah, would be really yeah. cool. But I'm just saying in the practical <laughs> sense of our culture and stuff, what are things that people can do that is that type of encouragement? Sure. Yeah. You have sent people over here, which has been super encouraging. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as of late, it was Jordan, which is Jordan's a blast. He's just fun to have around and he's been a big help. And so Jordan was your Epaphroditus as of late. And um, so thank you for that. On a practical note, I mean, without jumping in an airplane and coming 9,000 miles, um, just keeping in touch and following our ministry is important to us. Even uh, I was talking to a missionary the other day who said how, how much even they appreciated just getting a small reply to a prayer letter. Yeah. You know, when, if many of you receive our letters, um, you know, let us know that you're praying for us, even just a small reply. Um, yeah, just staying in touch is, is very important to us because you are, in many senses, our bridge to back home, and, and we feel uh, connected as you do that. Uh, people have sent things. We have churches that send cards and for birthdays and remember our special days. Those are important things. Um, but most of all, just reminding us that you're praying for us really means a lot. I remember an old lady um, who was a pastor's wife in her 90s. Um, that until she wasn't able anymore due to health and things, she replied to every single prayer letter and would monthly, like religiously, just let us know that she was praying for us. And I felt like she knew me better than even some people that were way closer than me just because she really kept track of us and took responsibility to pray for us. So uh, um, those things have just meant a lot over the years, uh, that's whether awesome. that's even a phone conversation or an email or whatever, we would love to connect, especially with you guys being our sending church. We'd love to meet more of you and get to know you. So we're always open to communication in whatever format you're comfortable with. Well, that said, if you don't follow Calvin and Mindy um, online, it'd be a blessing to you if you did that and look them up. Um, it's so cool to be able to see week to week their ministry, their services, 
And then it takes seconds to comment, seconds to, you know, send them a personal message and things like that. Um, it's cool. There's a verse, Calvin, that he says next that most people don't connect to what is being said. And that is, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Now we say that verse all the time, but take it in context. As Paul was receiving the blessings of this church, financial encouragement, prayer, all that other stuff that was going on, Paul turns around and says, by the way, as you take care of me, God's going to take care of you. You guys understand the importance of the personal connection. Now, what we're talking about, like being a sending church for a specific mission family like this, we couldn't have this relationship with every missionary. That's because God has uh, sending church families all over our country that are doing that for them. But a matter of us taking ownership to this, and every time we invest in this, God was saying literally in that passage, God's going to take care of you as you take care of them. And so uh, that's pretty cool. I'd like to roll from this and kind of wrap this in by talking about putting this into action. Um, And and I I want to bring in some definitions of what does ascending church do. So uh, because this was kind of new for me and kind of new for Calvin to like literally have like a document and say, what does ascending church do? Um, So here's some things that just so you guys know, this is kind of what we're going to be committing to. These are some practical things we're going to be doing. Uh, Number one, um, Calvin and Mindy will be uh, members of Fellowship Baptist Church. Now, they're obviously members of City Baptist Church. Um, They're in Manila, in Largo, uh, uh, in the Philippines there, which I I thank God for their ministry, but they need a place to be able to call home. They need a place to be able to uh, know that we've got their back. Um, it means that God has blessed us with resources to whom much is given, much shall be required. If God has things, people that we can send over there and help them, this, we, we have their back. Just, we're FBC family. We, we use that website, we use that slogan all the time. Well, this is our family now. They, they are part of our church family. What does family do? If my mom called me up and said, I need you to help with something, we're going to respond and I'm going to respond fast because it's family. That's what we're going to do with these guys. Uh, we're also, to stay connected with that, um, we're going to be bringing you guys regular updates of what's going on with our family. So what's going on with Calvin and Mindy, special prayer times, and being able to do that to uh, help you guys know what's going on. Uh, we also was telling Calvin, I said, from my perspective as a pastor, one thing that I would want is to kind of view them as an extension of our staff. Um, I think of the, the, the leadership team that we have at our church, but viewing them as part of that. On our church website, we have our staff, and, then, and, and part of that will be a sent missionary over out of fellowship out of the church, knowing that he has that partnership with us. Uh, once a month, we've been doing this for a while now. When it works out with our schedules and stuff like that, we do a once a month Zoom call, and he's part of our staff meeting. So he's on our screen, we're sitting in there, we talk, we pray ask him how he's doing. We talk through what we're doing, things here. So involving him is part of that, uh, allowing us to have regular communication. Uh, when Calvin's home, uh, we look forward to allowing him to share his heart with you guys the way we do as pastors. And it would be uh, fun to have him do that. Uh, also, in the practical sense of ascending church, we are their stateside accountability. Um, they need to be able to know that people have their back when it comes to that. But one way is the accountability uh, with family. Um, me and Calvin are going to establish relationship to where I can say, how are you doing as a dad? Because somebody needs to be there to do that. How, I, I, I need to be able to have that position with him as his pastor to be able to say, are you taking breaks? And I've had that conversation with Calvin. We, we have talked about those kind of things. And Calvin, you need, you need to be doing that with you know, us as the pastors on here and just say, hey, how are you guys doing? Because that's what leadership does. But you need somebody in your life, and God has created the church to do that. It's a little harder when you're across the ocean like that, but that's important for us to do that. We want to be watching over their emotional health. Guys, we've lost too many missionaries through the years because people aren't asking the hard question of, are you guys okay? I mean, think about it. If, if you were... Mindy, and you're 9,000 miles away, it's weird to go years without even giving your mom a hug. 
or giving your family, you know, that interaction and stuff like that. We, we want to check on them when it comes to that. Um, so finances, uh, sending churches help oversee their finances. Uh, just making sure that we, we help them, like, what is your budget for the year and things like that. And just, it, it, it's not to micromanage them by any means, not at all. Uh, but to have that, if, if they are supported by churches supporting them, it's important that they are able to have an outside pastor that can call us and just say, hey, do they really need X amount of dollars for that new building? Oh yeah, we've gone through the budget, it costs this much or whatever. It's just accountability, but it keeps them above reproach. Um, and I know that makes you feel good just knowing that people, you know, have your back on your end when it comes to that. Um, we are here for ministry council. Um, Calvin can tell you the importance of being able to talk through ideas. Um, you know, when, when you're about to build something or start a new ministry, you know, what do you guys think? And we're, we're able to do that with our staff to talk through things uh, when it comes to that. Um, uh, we're an arm of encouragement, and that's kind of what Calvin's already said, too. Um, we we want to reach out to them. We want to know that we're praying for them. Uh, if, if it can work out to do some of these things on a, a random basis, you know, the like, you know, for us to be able to Zoom call you or FaceTime or whatever and just chat with you and stuff like that. And for us to let them know in any way possible, we're cheering you on. We love you guys. Um, so there, there's a lot of other things and we're building this relationship as we go. But I just want you guys to know that a supporting church of a missionary and a sending church is way different. These guys are church members. They are family. They're part of our team. We take ownership uh, to this responsibility that we're committing to them to have their back, to love on them, to, to be there for them. And when they need us, like family does, we're there for them. So, uh, Calvin, what's next for you guys? So, like, you guys have a furlough uh, coming up. Um, when, when is your guys' trip back to the States? Uh, we're planning to try to be back sometime mid-May of 2021, so next year. So, Looking forward to that. Um, going into 2021, it looks like a lot of education, actually, because we're, like I said, we're trying to get this Bible Institute online. We've been doing it in person, but we saw it as a necessity to move it online. Also, pray for Mindy. Uh, she's actually teaching in a school called Faith Academy Manila, which is an international Christian school that's target uh, reach is missionary kids. And so at any given time, or even this semester, Mindy's teaching uh, missionary kids right now virtually because of no classes until now here in Manila. But these are kids whose parents are actually overseas serving. And so Mindy has a, a special outreach to missionary kids right now by way of education uh, through the school. My kids are also attending the school. And so it's been a great open door for her to be able to speak into their lives. Uh, many of them actually, when they're in high school, they, they board at the school and while their parents serve in places like the Middle East or restricted access countries. And so it's a really unique opportunity for Mindy. So pray for her in that and uh, pray for uh, me as well and my other, my team of guys here as we develop content and get it going by uh, February is the goal. So we're excited about it. That's awesome. You guys were supposed to be here right now. Um, yeah, that's true. And <laughs> COVID mess that up. Uh, what we're doing right now with Calvin was supposed to be in person. And then obviously with all the uh, international travel restrictions, all of that got canceled. Jordan was supposed to be with you guys uh, right now too. He had another trip planned yeah. and all that kind of got blown up. And so... Can I say that we're happy that we stayed though? I'm, I'm, I know it's been a difficult season over here in a, a many different ways, very difficult, but it's been one of the most rewarding uh, seasons of our life. So if I could, if I, I was bragging about 2019, how we were just rolling along, but to be honest, 2020 has been better as far as seeing God bless the ministry here and open up new doors. So uh, it hasn't been without a price and it hasn't been without difficulty, um, but God's been so good during this time. And so just want to say to fellowship, thank you guys. You guys have been phenomenal and you've had our backs. As Pastor Dave mentioned on Sunday, you've held the rope and you've been here for us through this time. And so I appreciate you guys, you Pastor Tony as well, and all the staff there. So uh, we love you guys and sure appreciate and value the partnership. So we're excited this coming uh, Sunday, we're taking up a, a send offering. And we, we have two ministries um, 
that we're going to be focusing on. Uh, Glory Rain Stables uh, that helps the hurting and broken. Uh, broken. We're talking about our Jerusalem, and then we're also talking about Calvin and Mindy. It's 9,000 miles away. Um, and that's what the Great Commission is. It's here and it's abroad. And so uh, I, I just challenge you guys to be praying about what you, you will do in that send-off frame because uh, it, all of us giving and all of us doing something meets massive needs that they have. And I guarantee you they have major needs, especially to be able to come back. Their goal is to be able to visit churches, visit family, raise support, raise awareness of what they're doing. And they have big vision and they can't accomplish big vision without big support like this. So Calvin, I want to say thank you for, you know, getting up early and uh, spending this time. We just really wanted an opportunity for you guys to get to know him more, be able to, to share this video online for other people to be able to tune in. Uh, they are now part of our family. We're excited. And, and, and we'll talk about more like what this means in the future of us sending uh, people over there to be able to help them with projects. And this will be a regular mission trip, okay? It already has been, but and that's kind of what led to this. But for us to be able to do more things with them directly, not just because it's a random trick, but because they're part of our family. And uh, if, I, I pray that through your influence, Calvin, of people going over there, that we have other people that surrender to the mission field. Yeah. And, and I think God's just going to use this partnership in a big way. So we'll close out. Calvin, uh, I open in prayer. I think it'd be cool. Would you mind closing us in prayer? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, fellowship. Let's pray. God, thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to lift up uh, the cause of missions around the world and, Lord, specifically this uh, area of partnership and the sending church relationship with uh, our ministry and, and Fellowship Baptist Church there in Columbus, Ohio. Lord, thank you for Pastor Tony and the pastoral team there and their leadership in this and their friendship over the years. Lord, thank you that uh, what we're partnering and endeavoring to do is not really anything new. And in some regards, this is what we've already been doing with Fellowship God. So thank you for this special relationship we've had with them. Lord, thank you that they've had our backs and been such an encouragement uh, through the years. And so God, thank you for a church like that. Lord, I pray for the members, Lord, that they would see uh, maybe a unique ways, or, or maybe they've been enlightened in a, in a way uh, tonight, Lord, to get more involved in the cause of missions. Maybe to come on a trip and see what you're doing around the world in different places, whether that be the Philippines or somewhere else. Uh, God, lift up our eyes to the world. Lord, help us not to be um, having a mindset that America is all there is, or maybe that uh, the only hope for the world is America. Lord, I pray that we would have a mindset that you could use other countries and that you are using uh, many countries around the world right now uh, to even send missionaries themselves. And so, God, would we um, get behind all that you're doing in the world, Lord, how you're working, and Lord, the amazing things that you're doing. Uh, God, thank you for other missionaries that are serving. Thank you for the other uh, missionaries as well that are part of Fellowship's uh, church family uh, with Glory Reign Stables and the other missionaries that are supported. Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, each one of their ministries. Lord, may they bring uh, fruit uh, to the account of Fellowship Baptist Church. May we see uh, the power of this fruit, Lord, and the, and the great financial investment that it is, Lord, and uh, these heavenly rewards or earnings, Lord, that we do desire. Lord, I pray that uh, through fellowship and our relationship here in the Philippines that we'd see many more souls saved, uh, we'd see more churches started, and we'd see more men and young women uh, trained in gospel ministry to go out and serve on the mission field, uh, to lead churches, uh, God, to go uh, even to places that I could not personally go or Pastor Tony could not go easily, uh, but Lord, they would go and uh, see great doors of opportunity opened up. Lord, we love you, and we give this night to you and all that's been said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Love you too. All right. Appreciate you guys. All right. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.